Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. One NHL insider says Kent Hughes told another GM that one Montreal Canadiens player in particular is part of the cultural fabric and it's going to take at least a first round pick to get him. Is it true or is he just saying that because he wants more for that player? And should the Montreal Canadiens trade a goalie and or a player to an arch rival? And can they get that prospect out of Calgary? Will we have a busy trade deadline? That and much more with former NHL GM and a scouting guru of TSN, Craig Button. He's coming up. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. The Sickest Montreal Canadiens Podcast. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadiens win the Stanley Cup. Sports entertainment like no other. Brought to you by 8.6 Beer. Intense by nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you. Oh, man, am I looking forward to this conversation. It's going to be so much fun. It's the Sick Podcast. I'm Marinero, and it is brought to you by 8.6 Beer. Intense by nature. The beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark and Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you go back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you. And I'm going to bring in my friend here. And when I do, and I hope he's going to visit Montreal sometime soon, because when he does, I will bring him to Lacage. To Lacage. It's a pleasure today uh, to be joined by Craig Button of TSN. What's going on? Not much. Hey, listen, back in the day, loved Lacage. So to yeah. to your point, if you if the last time you were at Lacage was when they won the cup, get there. It's still yeah. darn fun and it's still good food. Well, they've revamped. You have to see it. Their places are, you know, their establishments, their restaurants are looking absolutely unbelievable. They brought in some of the best staff in the city. And so they've revamped the way Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes want to revamp. They've revamped the same way, but but Craig, welcome to the program. I appreciate you doing this. I know you have a podcast yourself. Here's your opportunity to give it a plug. Go for it. Well, I mean, Steve Coolius and I have worked together for a long, long time. And, you know, like you get asked, Tony, I'm sure you were asked to do different podcasts, different things over time. But, you know, you kind of go, OK, it takes time. You want to do it well. And who do you want to do it with? And for me, you know, Steve and I are, are real good friends and we really enjoy one another. So 
we came up with the idea of the cool button hockey podcast and that's what we do we just have a whole lot of fun and every we'll have to get you on one time because oh that'd be that'd be that'd be yeah, cool craig I count on it, that. but yeah because your passion for the montreal canadians there might be people as passionate as you there's yeah. nobody more passionate than you and ah, that's what you. makes sports great is the passion of the fans thank you so much and for those who are not aware and i think most would know by now you are a former Montrealer, and you still have your mom here. I think she's living on the West Island, right? Yes, that's correct. She lives in Pierrefonds, the same house we grew up in. And so, you know, she we always joke with her, like, uh, do you want to move? She's like, why would I move? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I'm not moving, <laughs> like, you know, because, she, I mean, she, she she's rooted in and she loves it. And, you know, with spring in the air and, yeah. you know, hopefully, uh, you know, things becoming a little bit uh, – better with respect to the pandemic. My mother's 83 yeah. years old. So, you know, she doesn't want to put herself at any type of risk and we got to protect uh, uh, our loved ones and certainly uh, sure. the people that are a little bit older. So, uh, but uh, she's a Montrealer through and through and through. So I would imagine you're going to be back in Montreal for the draft. Will you be back before then? Well, yeah, I'm going to probably, well, see what's funny about that is, is that with the NHL season this year, you know, the Memorial Cup is right up until the end of June during the Stanley Cup final. There's not going to be much time, you know, to, from the end of the NHL regular season, uh, Memorial Cup to, to the draft. So I'll be in there a few days ahead of time. But I'll tell you what my plan is. My plan is, is to be there for a few days after. And then, oh, that's uh, cool. and then awesome. my wife, who's from Montreal as well, we're, we're, we're talking about coming back uh, beginning of September and spending some time. Oh, that's amazing. So yeah. you obviously grew up a Canadians fan. Oh, totally. I mean, I mean, uh, we're doing something on the Trade Center about our most most prized possession. So I'll share it with you now. And you might be surprised to hear it's not my Stanley Cup ring. I mean, okay. Stanley Cup ring is, is more of an accomplishment. It's something that we that so many people were a part of and, and, and yeah. you share that with all those people. But my prized possession is our season ticket seats for the Montreal Forum. Oh, they really? Sit right, they sit right in my front foray. And so that is my problem because it takes me back to all those memories of being a kid and being in the Montreal Forum and watching some great games and watching great players. And, you know, so I'll never, I'll never forget those uh, things. And, you know, whenever I look at the, at those seats and it's amazing, Tony, people come into our house and there's like, Oh boy, like, are those Montreal Canadians? Are those seats from the, yep. They're from the forum. Right. So yeah. to me, and it's, it's, it's the great memories of being in there. And obviously it was a little bit different. We didn't get to go to all the games. I was a little bit yeah. older when I got to go to more games, but you know, they call it, they, they called it the cathedral. They called yeah. it the, uh, and it was, and for Montreal Canadians fans, you know, the forum was the cathedral. Yeah. Hockey you're right about that. Religion. So I was, I was born in 72 and I think I was like six and a half years old. And believe me, Craig, when I tell you this, and I know you do because you know how important hockey was to us Montrealers and Canadians fans and, my dad came here from Italy in, in 1967 and, and he fell in love with the Montreal Canadiens right away. And especially that Stanley Cup from 71, he still talks about that. And I remember in 79, my dad was like really, really nervous. The Canadians were down a goal to the Boston Bruins with about a minute and a half to go in the game. And Guy Lafleur scored to tie it up. And my dad screamed so loud and jumped up and down so much that it stayed, like, I remember that moment. That was my first moment in my my childhood, in my youth. It marked me, and I remember it. And my first memory of Guy Lafleur, and, you know, he, even though he had played his, you know, his best hockey from 76 to 79, 
And and I started in 79. He was still my favorite player. I mean, he's still a heck of a hockey player in the early 80s, no doubt about it. And he ended up retiring in 85 for the first time. But, you know, at Christmas time, you talked about your prize possession. At Christmas time, I said to myself, I love Guy Lafleur so much as a player and as a person, as an athlete. And he was my first ever sports idol. And I went out and I got myself his jersey as a Christmas gift to myself. And uh, I put it out there on social media and it got to Guy's attention. And um, he said to a you know, mutual friend of mine uh, or of ours, he said, get me Tony's jersey right away. And even though he's obviously um, battling health, serious health problems, um, if I can. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. It means so much, right? Because it, it, it takes you back to your youth as well, Tony. And you, yeah. it takes you back to those moments when you, you know, you watched him and your eyes were glued yeah. on him. You know, I, I talk about, I was at that game in 1979. Oh, I was really? 16 yeah. years old. By the way, I so was everybody. No, but I was. I, so my dad got got tickets. My dad got tickets. So he, we, we had our season tickets, but I was right on the goal line where Lambert scored the winning goal in overtime, right on that, on the far side as Trombley come down the wing. But I, I remember feeling sitting there and going, like, they're not going to win. They're not going to win. And, you know, that play started off so innocently and so innocuously, you know, in their own zone. And, you know, you, you, we've, we've heard the call now, Lafleur gingerly down the right wing, right? And then, you know, Bedlam. I mean, it was yeah. Bedlam. And, you know, and then we were – I remember I got lucky. I went to the first game of the Stanley Cup final. And Montreal lost. And, you know, the, the Rangers had, had, the had Rangers, upset yeah. the Islanders, yeah. And, you know, Montreal, then they won four in a row. And it was yeah. just amazing, you know. I got to tell you a funny story, Tony. You'll, you, you'll laugh at this. We, uh, Bob Ganey, I worked with Bob Ganey for 10 years and just just wonderful and all those great Montreal teams. So there was I can, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, was no, the Consmite Trophy winner of that 1979. Stanley Cup won by the Canadians. Yes, please. They continue. put him. They, they put him right up on his shoulders and carried yeah. him around. You know, Bob yeah. was such a such a vital part of those Montreal Canadiens teams. Anyway, so during the 1991 San Jose expansion, there was all kinds of rules in place. You know, we were in Minnesota. Bob was our coach. We gone to the Stanley Cup final that year. It was a pretty special run. Anyway, long story short. The, the rules dictated that we couldn't draft Alan Howarth from the Quebec Nordiques. He wasn't eligible. So we were forced to draft Guy Lafleur. Bob Clark was beside himself. This is wrong. Guy Lafleur should never be as listed as picked in an expansion draft and everything, right? And so we, we ended up, they, they said, you have no choice. You have to sell. Bob Clark announces the, uh, uh, the pick of Guy Lafleur. So Bob Ganey's sitting there. He's got this forlorn look on his face, and he's sitting there. Bob Clark looks at Bob Ganey, and he says, Bo, what's wrong? He goes, just like my career playing, he goes, I was always overshadowed by Lafleur, and now here it is again happening again. <laughs> that great dry sense of humor, right? Yeah, like, you know, yeah. And, you know, but that Bob, McGee Lafleur, I mean, he was special. I mean, he was a special, special Special player, and certainly yeah. uh, best wishes to him and his uh, yeah. to try to find uh, uh, his health in the best way he can. You're right about that, uh, Guy. We're thinking of you, uh, Craig. Once again, I'm so I'm so happy you're joining me. I I, I want to talk to you about Marty St. Louis. I mean, what a story it's become. 
Dom Ducharme is the head coach of the Canadians in his first 45 games this season, had eight wins. And Marty St. Louis has eight wins in his first 15 games. When you heard that Kent Hughes was hiring Marty St. Louis as interim head coach, knowing that his, you know, he was a consultant to Columbus for a little while just for their power play, but for the most part, he was, you know, just a hockey parent and coaching his dad, his son's bantam team. Um, you thought what exactly? Well, the first thought I had is, is I went back to that fateful day in 1995 when Serge Savard was was fired, and 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 Jacques Demers, and they brought in Rajan Hul and Mario Tremblay, and and I think back to you know. Uh, you, you know, the, the, the late great Red Fisher talking about those guys with no experience coming into the, to the team, right? It, it was a different team. It was a different time, right? The expectation was very different for that Montreal Canadiens team than what the expectation was here. So, but, but that was my immediate thought, Tony, was going back to that. And, you know, we, we all know what happened with Patrick Waugh and, and, you know, ultimately his departure from Montreal. But, you know, as I sat back and thought about, they were looking for something very different for Marty St. Louis. Number one, they didn't sign him to a long-term contract. They signed him for a contract to the end of the year. That was number one. Number two, they wanted him to come in here and 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 get the players back enjoying the game, having some fun, right? And Marty, in his early days, he said, hey, listen, you know, I'm coaching Bantams. I'm coaching U-12s. Like, it's all about fun. Let's go and have some fun, right? They needed it. And, and, and certainly, Marty, the other thing is, is, Marty's son, Ryan, had played at the National Team Development Program. So over the last two and a half years, I'd spent a lot of time a number around Marty St. Louis talking to him. He's, a, he's as passionate off the ice as he is on the ice. He's as intelligent off the ice as a hockey person as he was on the ice as a hockey player. Yeah, he doesn't have the experience. But th they were looking for somebody to come in and eject. Last week in Calgary, I was doing the broadcast. And that morning, Marty St. Louis was asked, he said, you know, you haven't coached, you know, what advice are you taking to, to help yourself coach? He said, I will take advice from anybody that's coached more than me, which is just about everybody. And he had a little bit of a chuckle, but let me, let me go a little bit further on that. He recognized Luke Richardson has a massive amount of experience coaching. And so he said, I'm going to lean on, on Luke. He recognized that Trevor Latowski, while not having a lot of NHL experience, had a lot of head coaching experience, and he was going to lean on those guys. And he said, Trevor, you're standing next to me, right? And Luke, smart people know what they don't know. Marty St. Louis is a smart guy. He, he didn't try to come in and act the part. He didn't come in and try to act like he knew way more than anybody else. He said, Luke, you're good. You, I need you guys. Tell me. I, uh, Marty said, in his, after he said, it felt like I was on the Autobahn my first NHL game. He said it was going past me like fast, fast, wow. fast, fast, fast. But you watch the team play. I mean, the, 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 there's an enthusiasm there. It wasn't and, – and I'll be straightforward with you, Tony. I've known Dom a long time, and yeah. I thought Dom I thought Dom was ready. And I really did. I thought he was ready to assume, uh, you, you know, being a head coach. I was wrong. He, he He's not ready. I, I compare him a lot to Bruce Cassidy. If you remember when Bruce Cassidy went to the Washington Capitals. I do remember. You know, he wasn't ready. So what did Bruce do? He went back, he coached junior, he went back to the minors and coached, and he became an assistant coach. Just because you're not ready at that time, it doesn't mean you won't be ready eventually. You're I right. think that Dom has to go. He 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 skipped an important step. He, he never was in the minor leagues. He never was, 
you know, coaching the American Hockey League. And I think that I, – I don't think that Dom uh, lost his uh, – uh, his, his ability to coach or lost his ability to understand the game. He just wasn't ready to, to, to express it and to instill it in a team. And now he's got to take a step back, but he wasn't ready. And I thought he was yeah. Marty St. Louis. You know, I think the interesting thing now, Tony is, is, is what do you now go, do going forward? <laughs> well, listen, uh, I just want to wrap up on Dominic Ducharme if I can. And it, it's sure, not a knock yeah. on Dom really. It's not, I think it's constructive criticism, but uh, I saw a challenge in his communication skills, and, yeah. and, I, and I think if he can improve that, um, it'll help him in terms of, of, of getting his message across, making his message clearer, and motivating people around him. And, and those, I think, were his shortcomings, and I think it all goes back to the communication skills or a lack thereof. What happens next is they take the interim tag off of Marty St. Louis the way Kent Hughes' buddy Bill Guerin took it off of Dean Evison, and I think that's a foregone conclusion, but um, you know, I, I just, I wasn't going to bet against Marty St. Louis. Um, and, and I just, I, I think this could be a trend in the national hockey league. I'm not saying that every team is going to go out and hire a coach who coaches a Bantam team, but I think other teams will probably be less likely to bring back coaches or recycled coaches and maybe think outside the box a little bit more. So I think that's what's going to happen in the national hockey league. At least I hope because, Marty St. Louis has brought in some really creative ideas and I watched some of his practices and he said he wants his team to play fast, um, move the puck fast and play fast. And they've been doing a lot of short-sided games, short-sided drills, three on three. And I see that a lot in soccer. And what it does is you have to play fast because you're obviously going to have a man on you because it's going to be a very, very tight space. But you also have to think very fast. So you have to be aware of your surroundings and what's around you all the time. And so the type of team that he wants, his practices are in consequence of it's going to end up being a byproduct of what he's putting in place. So I, I'm just I love him. I, I think every time he talks to members of the media, it's kind of like a hockey 101 lesson. And he has the humility to admit when it's going fast. Like, I have a story for you. When they lost versus Winnipeg a couple of weeks ago, they were down 4 nothing. They came back 4-4. Mm -hmm. They lost 8-4. He said at the end of the game that they got into penalty trouble, mm -hmm. and he couldn't catch up with his lines. It was going too fast for him. And then on another note, he was asked on the weekend if what his plan was for his goalies because they were playing back-to-back. -back. And he said, oh, yeah, that's a good question. I hadn't thought about that. And so... Uh, I love his humility. I just, I really do. Tony, I can tell you this. Okay, so I, I, I was doing the broadcast for the Winnipeg Jets game on the, the Habs broadcast during the Winnipeg, and they're down four nothing. It's nine minutes into the game. It's four nothing for Winnipeg, and Brian Mudrick and I just look at each other and we go, "Oh boy, this could be a long, long night, right?" Yeah. And then Josh Anderson scores that goal, and what was there was two things that stood out to me when it was four nothing. I'm watching Marty. I always like to watch the bench. You know, because and there's Marty. He's he's calm. He's he's not he's not racing. He's not he's not now in his mind. He's probably going, okay, what do I do next? And that's what a coach does. But the comportment was unbelievable. And then when 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 Josh Anderson scored that goal, I, I immediately looked to the bench, and there there was a there wasn't this like oh god, okay, yeah, we got a goal. There was excitement, and then they and then they got going. If Rem Pitlick 
scores on that penalty shot, and they go up 5-4. Kevin Dayoff, I saw him the next night at a Winnipeg Ice Junior game. He said to me, he goes, I'm not so sure we win that game if Pitlick scores on the penalty shot because we were reeling at that moment, and, wow. and he's right. So, you know, but think about this, and, and this is the thing about Marty. And, like, you, you know, you said you wouldn't bet against them, and and, and, and that, sh that should be the case. And, and yet, when he starts, you're not sure if you can bet on him. But I think he can now. And he's a Hall of Famer. Think about this. He's a Hall of Famer. Marty's never lacked confidence. He's never lacked, the, you know, the understanding, I can do this, I can do this. But you talk about somebody that has humility and understands what he doesn't know. Tony, the NHL, 32 teams. I can tell you what, more than half the coaches in the NHL are average. <laughs> so, like, thinking about different ways to coach and bringing in different people with different ideas will help the game ultimately. Because just because you're coaching in the NHL doesn't mean you're a good coach. Mark Hunter and I, and former Montreal Canadian Mark, we talk all the time about coaching. And I'm telling you, there's the, 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 the half of the coaches are average at best. Wow, isn't that something? Hey, uh, you're living in Calgary. I know you're in Toronto right now, but you're living in Calgary. Um, and Ben Sherratt's name has been linked to the Calgary Flames. Now, based on what we had heard before, uh, it appeared that the Canadians wanted to include him in the Toffoli deal that went to Calgary, but the Canadians may have asked for Jacob Peltier and, and Brad Tribbling, Trilliving said, okay, thanks, but no thanks. Let's move on and let's forget about Sherrod for now. But the Calgary Flames are still interested and the Canadians are still interested in Jacob Peltier. My question to you is, when it gets down to the final hour, if the Canadians wait until Monday at 3 o'clock and they haven't traded Sherrod yet, do you think Calgary will be willing to part ways with Jacob Peltier? Or well, to sacrifice them. Well, here's what I would say to you, Tony. And, and and I say this all the time. Okay. You got to assess your team right now as it is, right? So you got to assess your prospects. Who do you have in the who do you have in the prospect cover? Jacob Pelzi is a really good prospect. There's no but he's not their only good prospect. Yeah. So what you have to balance out is okay, what does Ben Sherratt mean to our team coming in? I mean, they, they made the trade for Toffoli. Now Colorado goes against Josh Manson, right? I can tell you what. Colorado and Calgary are contenders, and they're not being pretenders in terms of their trades. They're ready to give up players. So when you look at your team, Ben Sherratt, he can play the left side, the right side against tough competition. We've seen what he's been able to do. There's lots of teams that are going to benefit from Ben Sherratt being on their team, Calgary included. So what you got to balance out is to saying, listen, this guy, we, our team is that good. Does this guy give us that much more strength? And do we have somebody – in the system that could be as good as Jacob Peltier or close where we're not going to run ourselves short. So what I would say is it's, it, it, it's not one of those things where you go, oh, I would never do that. Yeah. You, you, you have to consider it. You have to look at it and you're, you're probably looking at it vis-a-vis -vis some other, some other uh, potential players you're looking at, mm -hmm. but that's a, it, that's the reality of it. I mean, the Tampa Bay lightning traded a first round pick for Barkley Goodrow and everybody yeah. went, what? They traded Nolan Foote in a first-round draft pick for Blake Coleman. Everybody went, what? They won two Stanley Cups with those two guys. Of course, of <laughs> course. And, and another question they're probably going to ask themselves is, uh, you know, can we get this guy under contract? Because he's a pending unrestricted free agent, of course. And if they think that they can sign him and, and, and lock him up to a couple of years, two or three or four-year deal or whatever it is, at that point, you're probably more inclined to give up on a prospect than you probably would have been before. 
It's the Sick Podcast, and a shout-out to sportbuffshop.com for all of your officially licensed sports apparel and our Sick merchandise. Use code SICK15 for 15% <laughs> off on all of their items. And wherever Ben Chirac goes, you can buy a jersey of their team. And a shout-out as well to matrixhomefitness.ca. Bring it home, discover a club-quality workout in the comfort of your own home, and visit matrixhomefitness.ca. All right, so it kind of sounds like, and I know you're not saying it, that you wouldn't be shocked if Calgary gives up Peltier for Chirac. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked. No, I okay. wouldn't be. No, I wouldn't be. I mean, again, I just I just went through with the Goudreau and everything. Like, he's a good prospect, and he's smart. He's competitive. He can play in a lot of different situations in, in, on, in the game and different spots on your team. So, again, you have to balance out. Like, you know, one of the things, Tony, I hear, like, so often, well, the future, the future. Well, what about all the players that are there right now? I don't know what's going to happen with Johnny Goudreau. I don't, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen with Johnny Goudreau. So, like, you know, you got Johnny Goudreau playing at, at, at elite status, one of the best in the NHL. Yeah. What are you going to do to try to help those players? I mean, the, 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 the Colorado Avalanche trade Drew Hellison. He's a really he, – he's a good, solid prospect. I think he'll be a good second-pair defenseman and a second-round draft pick. But, like, they have McCarr. They have Devin Tays. They have Justin Barron, who they drafted in the first round. They got Bowen Byram. You, all your prospects aren't going to play for you. So if you're going to just keep trying to push along and say, oh, we can't do this, that's the difference. Are you a contender or are you a pretender? A lot of GMs, a lot of they talk like contenders, but they're really pretenders. But you're you're convinced Calgary is a contender then? Absolutely, they're a contender. I don't have any doubt about it. And I'm talking right in that upper tier of of teams. All right. Jacob Peltier, we talked about him. What's his ceiling in your opinion? When all is said and done – where does he sit um, in a National Hockey League team? Can he crack the second line? Yes. I I, I think, and, and like, you know, you watch how good this player is. And I don't know if he's got the same shooting ability, but he's got the same type of hockey sense. He's got the same, same type of elusiveness. Jake Gensel with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Wow. He's good like, player. He, he's, yeah. Well, he's got, like, Jake's got kind of that the similar type physical stature. Really, really smart. And and competitive, they don't overwhelm you by 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 burrowing through you or you know like a Brad Marchand plays a different style of game. Yeah, but, but you you can never push those guys out of a game. You can't push Jake Gensel out of a game. Yeah, he plays with Crosby. Yeah, well, you're playing with one of the best players ever, right? And, and you got to be able to be good to play with a good player. So I mean, I know Jake is on the first line, but that type of smarts, that type of player, I don't think there's any question that Jacob can be. Uh, a second line player and produce offense at the national league level. No doubt about it. You're in Toronto right now. You've watched uh, a heck of a lot of Leafs game uh, games. You know that their goaltending has let them down over the last couple of years, not just the goaltending, but also the defense. The Canadians have a Jake Allen in goal. They have a Ben Sherratt. Allen is scheduled to come back when the Canadians host the Dallas stars tomorrow night. Should the Toronto make beliefs, make a pitch for, Jake Allen and or Ben Sherrod. And if you're the Montreal Canadiens, should you be worried about trading one or two of these players to an arch rival who's in your division? So I'll answer the second question first, Tony. I I think that the general manager's job should always be, what can you do to maximize the potential of your own team? If that means trading with an arch rival, then you got to do that. That's the first goal of, of doing that. Toronto and Montreal right now are different places. 
So, like, it's not like you're going head-to-head -head against them in the first round of the playoffs like last year. And Ben Sherratt, like, you know, you're giving them a little bit of an edge, right? Depending on what the deal is, if it helps the Montreal Canadiens, I think you have to absolutely look at doing that. Now, if it's equal, if you got equal deals from an arch rival or a non-arch rival, I think you're always going to go to the non-arch rival. But I think you always got to start with what's best for the team. Uh, do I think Ben Sherratt would help the Toronto Maple Leafs? I, I'm going to say this. He would help any team that's serious about winning. <laughs> Simply put. Yeah. Do I think the Toronto Maple Leafs need a player like Ben Sherratt? Absolutely they do. And 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 I I they're not going. I don't think they're going to get like you can look at a, a winger to play with Tavares, uh, a defenseman, and a goalie. What they need to do is to strengthen their team in one area specifically. Now you can prioritize it. Andrew Hammond took the Ottawa Senators Game Seven double overtime conference final against the eventual Stanley Cup champion Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. Jordan Bennington came in. He took the St. Louis Blues to the Stanley Cup. I don't know what Eric Schalgren ultimately is. All I know is this. Sometimes opportunity knocks. It's laid at your feet, and you take advantage of it. And, and what the Toronto Maple Leafs need right now is just some stability in the net. And yeah. if they can get that from Eric Schalgren, then maybe it allows them to focus in on another area, whether it be that. I, I think if, if they're not getting a goaltender, then they better get a defenseman. They Couple better more. get a defenseman couple of more topics if man time flies when you're having fun so appreciate your time <laughs> pierre lebron says that kent hughes told another general manager that arturi lekkinen is part of the cultural fabric of the team now it could be true or he could be saying that because he wants to pump him pump him up and pump up his tires as much as he can because he wants to have as much return as possible i like lekkinen i think he does a lot of really good things on the ice and i think a lot of teams would take him however I take a look at the last four years, and I get it. His last four years were without Marty St. Louis, so we don't know what they could have been with Marty St. Louis. But I think Lekkonen is more the player than we've seen in the last four years than we're seeing this year. He's also RFA, and he probably is going to want with arbitration at least Yoel a kind of money, if not more. So that starts at 3.4 for at least four years. And if in a year or two he ends up on a fourth line, I think you start saying, oh, my God, his stock was at its highest, and we should have traded him. My way of looking at it, I'd love to have your opinion whether or not you would trade Arturi Lekin. Listen, I would trade any player if it helps my team be better. I, like, I you know this idea that, oh, well, we wouldn't trade him. No, no. You, you, you can consider trading any single player you want. You just mm -hmm. got to understand what it means. What it means short-term, what it means long-term, what your organization looks like. Too many teams in all sports, Tony, start with, no, I wouldn't do that. I don't start with yes, but I don't start with no. Okay, let's think about that. Let's think about what that would mean. Anyway, uh, we move past that. You know, our, our, our turn, number one on the arbitration case, the Montreal Canadiens already know what the case is. The, the, agent already, the agent already knows what the case is. So mm -hmm. there's no mystery there. So you're operating in a very clear view of what uh, Archery Lekkonen's contract will be like. Third point. He's got. He, he, you're getting a player that you 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 know what he is, right? And you know yeah. whether 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 you're the Montreal Canadiens, you need players, you need different players. But the yeah. other thing Montreal needs is cap space, right? Because of, of some of the contracts that they have. So one of the things that Kent is working on is trying to get cap. That's why Tyler Toffoli was traded. It's not like they didn't like Tyler Toffoli, but they they're trying to get cap space. That may be the same thing with Arturi Lekkinen. 
But for a team looking at Arturi Lekkinen and looking at what he can do and understand, they'll know what the arbitration case is too. And you, you also can continue on. You, you, you can have him for a year. You don't have to give him a four-year deal. You can give him a one-year deal. You can give him a two-year deal. I don't yeah. think he's, he's an unrestricted free agent, I think, in, uh, uh, after next year. Yeah. So so you give him a one-year deal, that's okay. You, you, you live with it for a year, but he can help a team come playoff time. He's shown right. that. He's yeah. shown that unequivocally. So do I think there's value in Arturi Lekkinen? Yeah, I do. Do I think the team should be interested in Arturi Lekkinen? Yes, I do. And if the Montreal Canadiens can improve their team, go for it because they it, need cap space. It's the Sick Podcast, and you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Sick Podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's absolutely free. Um, lastly, in ending, Brendan Gallagher, Marty St. Louis says – uh, that he wants Brendan to know that he's more than just an F1 and he wants him to evolve. 42 games, five goals, nine assists. He looks somewhat out of gas. After this year, there's five years left at $6.5 million. Clearly, St. Louis thinks he's going to have to reinvent Gallagher for him to be able to last and be more effective what would be your plan and what do you think St. Louis' plan is when he says he wants to see him evolve? And Well, well, think about Marty St. Louis. If anybody evolved over the course of their career, it was Marty St. Louis. So does anybody have more legitimacy and credibility than Marty St. Louis in sitting down with Brendan Gallagher and saying, hey, Brendan, this is, this is some areas I want you to explore. This is some areas I want you to try to be, you know, you can be just more than just this. You know, one of the things with Brendan Gallagher – Nobody is ever going to question his heart. I said it on a broadcast, I, I forget which one. If you want to know what the price of winning is, just watch Brendan Gallagher play because he pays the price. I think a lot of what happens with Brendan too, he's so emotionally invested. His whole heart is into it. He cares about the Montreal Canadiens. He cares about winning so much. That also becomes exhausting. It's not just the physical wear and tear. It's that it's that emotional wear and tear. He he doesn't want to be part of, uh, part of something that's happening. Now, he wants to be part of success. So I think there's two things. Listen to Marty St. Louis. You know, I think that Brendan takes on every challenge. I think some of the challenges are unnecessary. Pick your spots. Some, and, and I think Marty can help him with that and understand, hey, you can do some other things. Two things I watch for in a player. Have you lost your, have you lost your skating ability? I don't think Brendan's lost his skating ability. But if you're going to continuously get involved in these physical battles against bigger and stronger players, you're going to wear down, and that's going to ultimately hurt you. So I think that you know that's one. That those are the two things that that I look at. But the other thing that I think that Brendan Gallagher needs, they need they need a really good center to play behind Nick Suzuki. Yeah, like you think about last year, you think about Heaven Phillip Deneau, you think about Kot Kinami where he was at. It's yeah. only Nick Suzuki. Christian Dvorak hasn't been very good for the Montreal Canadiens. No, so, he hasn't. No. So the bottom line is they need – if they want to – if they got Josh Anderson and Caulfield and Suzuki playing here, if they want to get Brendan to that spot where he can be productive and be excited and help him be the best he can be with his contract, they need to get a centerman in there. They okay. need to get a, a good center to play behind Nick Suzuki. It'll help Gallagher. It'll also help Nick Suzuki. Speaking of excitement, Cole Caulfield scored two goals in eight <laughs> seconds. I mean, you know, I you know, I have the Lafleur jersey hanging here, and the last fifty goal score they had with Riche, it was Riche, and the last forty goal score they had was Donfus. Fifty is a big number, but I said this earlier today, and I'm going to say it again. 
I'd bet on Cole Caulfield hitting 40 at one point in his career. Craig, that shot is just too lethal. Hey, listen, there's nothing, there's nothing in a player's repertoire that says you need to be six foot four to score goals. What you need to score goals is to have a wicked release, an understanding of how to corral the puck and beat a goaltender. I mean, the first shot, he beats him from the left wing side, right, over over the left shoulder. And then on the, on the second shot, on the second goal, eight seconds later, he beats him over, he beats him over the right shoulder. Cole Caulfield, I've watched Cole since he was 15, okay? He, he, he's an elite goal scorer. All you got to do is, is look at his record over the years. All you got to do is look at his record. You know, you know what's amazing? He's got 11 goals now. Don't bet against him getting 20 this year. And that's after having one, you know, yeah. before Marty St. Louis came in. <laughs> 10 goals and nine assists in 15 games since Marty St. Louis came in. Isn't that something? Hey, this was so much fun for me. But you know who's going to be most excited about this podcast today? Who? My wife. Because the second I show her, I'm going to say, sweetie, I had a chat with Richard Gere today from Pretty Woman. <laughs> you look exactly like him. It's unbelievable. Okay. You look like Richard Gere. I'm just going to say this right now. This podcast is over. Thanks for having me. I'm done. I can't, I can't, I got nothing to say, right? <laughs> hey, I, I hope to see you sometime soon in Montreal. Thanks again, Craig Button. Fantastic. You You will. Anytime I can be part of it, we'll get you on the uh, Cool Button Hockey Podcast, yeah. right? Love talking with you, Tony, and I'm glad we're able to do that and uh, look yeah. forward to the next time. We're to, not only together, either on the radio or on a podcast, yeah. but in person. Merci beaucoup, Craig. All right, there you have it, Craig Button. All right, I want to end it with this. That was a lot of fun. I want to tell you that we will have our first ever Sick Podcast viewing party on Saturday, March the 26th at 7 p.m. when your Montreal Canadiens visit the Toronto Maple Leafs. Where are we going to have this viewing party? Where else? The number one sports bar in the city, in the province, and in the country. We're going to have it at La Cage. At the Dakari location. So reserve your spot now. I'll be there. All our other contributors will be there. And our sick team behind the scenes will be there as well. At Lacage Dakari on Saturday, March 26th. The Canadians at the Leafs. Ciao for now. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by 8.6, Intense by Nature, and Lakage. If the last time you went to Lakage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lakage. The menu will surprise you. <laughs>